time for the Hinkle Law Office's Top 5. Hinkle Law Offices representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit HinkleLawOffices.com. Take it away, Sam Hauser. Yeah, going with it right out of the gate, but we're happy to we're happy to adjust. We're happy to play around with Top 5 when it means giving things over to John Sterling and Susan Waldman at 5 o'clock. They can have it instead. We'll do what we got to do over here with top five as we start with who's in who's out it's who's in it's what's in and it is the return the countdown is on of course talking about esp and the ocho day it's just it's right around the corner august 3rd through the 5th back in rock hill south carolina which is the perfect place for an event like esp and the ocho of course it's a play on the movie dodgeball where the dodgeball tournament was broadcast on esp and the ocho with some of the most outlandish sporting events that you could possibly think of in the movie. Uh, there was a, a soccer match with the ball. Uh, the soccer ball was on fire. Uh, there was a squirrel jet skiing. I mean, they really went with it for the movie, but this ESPN ran with this. In the summer, why not? In, the, in early August, what else are you going to put on anyway? ESPN, the Ocho, and the network is branding this one as the biggest, boldest edition of ESPN, the Ocho. So with that being the case... Got to look at the new events that are going to make it the biggest, boldest edition of ESPN The Ocho. And I can't think of a better way to start it off with the Savannah Bananas going to play some banana ball on August 3rd. They're going to take on the party animals. If you're not familiar with these Savannah Bananas, kind of like with Bryce Hall, go look it up because we could spend an entire hour explaining the Savannah Bananas. It's 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 independent. I don't even think calling it minor league baseball would even be accurate. It's independent baseball, independent They're, exhibition baseball. Yes, down uh, in Savannah, Georgia. Tell us more. It's fascinating. Yeah, uh, you have the Savannah Bananas in Georgia. You have the Macon Bacon. Where you see where we're going here with some of these names. Dude, this party animals name sounds pretty good to me. I mean, this is the league, right? Where if a fan catches a foul ball in the in the uh, stands, the guy is out. Yeah, and and, uh, and like that happened to end a close game, and all the fa- all the players ran into the fa- into the stands. They were so happy. Beer was everywhere. Yeah, they call it banana ball, and a game ended on that uh, in the last couple of days. Yeah, if a fan catches a fly ball, it's an out. They won a game that way, so. Savannah Banana is going to kick off the Ocho. Looking at some of the other new events, we have the Table Hockey World Championships coming up. The one that I'm going to be sitting around DVRing and watching over and over again, the Wisconsin Auctioneers Championships. Sweet. Coming to the Ocho. Just for Dan Snyder, he might be, now that he's no longer owning uh, Washington, he might jump in on this one, the Microsoft (laughs) Excel World Championships, although... (laughs) He did PowerPoint, but if you know how to work PowerPoint, you're probably a Microsoft Office aficionado, so maybe we'll see Dan Snyder in the Microsoft Excel World Championships. We have the World Dog Surfing Championships, Pro Horseshoes. You get the gist. And, and of course, some of your favorites that you've come to know and love along the way as well the last few years, like Rock Skipping and some of the other favorites. Man, I wish I was there. It's in South Carolina. Rock Hill, South Carolina. Okay, a couple of things. First of all, love the fact that ESPN, uh, in a lot of cases, doesn't take themselves too seriously, number one, okay? And then if you're going to do it, do it for 43 continuous hours, uh, like basically two days continuous do it right short we're we're here for a good time not a long time and this 43 hours is is good enough for me uh i'm seeing all of these championships let me tell you this i went to go by and say hey to my buddy mike adams 2.0 
uh, at the Marriott Hotel over there at Louisiana and I-40. And on my way in and out, they were doing some square dance championships. Nice. Down in those ballrooms. And I'll tell you what, that would be a sport that would qualify for the Ocho. That was that was quite fascinating between the people that were the callers and then, you know, people in tux. And they were really taking it seriously. Oh, they absolutely They were in do. from around the world. Let's just say around the world. No, they absolutely they- were. The one that stole the show last year was the air, the air guitar championships. Oh, Man, I would love to have seen that. There were people jamming out. There were undergarments oh, throw- that were thrown Slash on stage. Junior. Yeah. Oh my God. The the ladies throwing the, the undergarments on stage. The whole nine yards at the air guitar. I mean, this is why you have to watch ESPN the Ocho, and it's coming up starting August third. Okay, real quick. You mentioned slam ball the other day. Yes. Okay. I see that. I I can see why you're absolutely fascinated. Is this not okay? Just- I'm telling you, we. We we uh, love at at one point in a college game, NBA game, to see somebody dunk on somebody. Yep. I mean, you think of the great one. I told you about Kevin Johnson with the Suns, small John Starks. You know, Dr. J was dunking on people. Dude, in slam ball, basically it happens on almost every single play. Every possession, yeah, because they actually get to jump on a trampoline to go throw the Correct. ball down a different time in America. But the, de- but the defender gets to jump on a trampoline, right. too. Yep. Uh, so they're way up there. I, I mean, I, I'm sold on slam ball. I'm sold on the Ocho. And I'm begging to go to Savannah to see uh, the bananas, okay? Um, who else is in, Sammy? My boy Drew Locke, the one that How brought, does this guy keep getting it? The one that brought... Hey, because he is... When you need somebody to show up and Geno Smith's going to... Something's going to happen to Geno Smith along the way. I'm not wishing for it. Seattle, but you need, yeah. But you need somebody to be ready. And when that time is coming for somebody to be ready, there are two people on this planet that you call. Cowboys F1, Cooper Rush... The other one is Drew Locke, who Denver fans booed out of town. Your loss. Signing a one-year extension with the Seahawks, $4 million to keep him there. Backing up Geno Smith, who called the news bittersweet, saying that he sees Drew Locke as a starting quarterback, but is happy to be able to work with him. Man, I and I, I like to kid you about uh, Drew Locke. Um, and Cooper, uh, Cooper Rush. Rush. Uh, I, I like to kid you. Uh, like Cooper Rush could have been like in the in the conversation for MVP of last year's Dallas Cowboy Four weeks team. In, absolutely. Okay. Okay. I mean, like even for the whole sake of the season. Okay. Uh, the thing with Drew Locke is you don't have any headaches with him. He, he, you know, and and uh, Geno Smith. Like man, you look at the analytics of the season he had last year. It was mind. He had a great year. So anyway, um, yeah, you, you're saying that uh, Drew Locke and the Seattle Seahawks may make um, the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton pay at some point for booing him out of the out of Denver. Sam, you're you, you can see that. All right. You're lost. Yet. Okay. Uh, who else is uh, in there, Sammy? All right. We well, can't have college basketball without one Larry Eustacey who will not go away. And now he's coming to the Mountain West. Larry Eustacey. Now, remember, he was back, okay, back thank to the Mountain you, West. Because it yes. took me a while. To, it was like, I always think of him at Iowa State. I, I don't know why. That, that Well, I do know why. But, yeah, he, he other than Iowa State and Colorado State, can you tell me where Larry Eustacey coached in, in, uh, in addition to those two schools? I Sam? can tell you as an assistant coach, because the one that I associate him with is more, with, is more as much as any school, the one I associate him with is Southern Miss. 
for obvious reasons. Yeah, and and good on you. Uh, good on you for that because that was after he'd kind of fallen off. Uh, well, you know, uh, Southern uh, Southern Miss, and then he went to CSU. He, he was fine, um, but they got to the Final Four, I believe, or they were a game away from the Final Four when he was at I State. So he, Zach, so uh, they weren't in the Mountain West at the time, but he actually coached at Utah State. Okay, when they were still in the Big yep, West. Yep, on his way up. Coached at Iowa State, as you mentioned. Yep, all those years at Southern Miss. Okay, and then six years at Colorado State, up to 2018. Now he's coming back in the Mountain West as a special assistant to coach Leon Rice at Boise State. Okay, so yeah, he stayed in this neck of the woods, and he's going to be like, uh, what's his title? Senior advisor? Senior advisor to the head coach. Alright, well, uh, Dave Pilipovich, kind of the former head coach at Air Force, I think, serves similar, uh, does similar stuff for Coach Richard Patino uh, at UNM, I think. So anyway. No, yeah. mess, no messing around in, in case Boise State has to come to the pit again. You need some reinforcements, and Larry Stacy's going to be the advisor. Interesting. All right, who's out, Sam? All right, who's out uh, on the injury front in the NFL? Jalen Ramsey, we learned yesterday that he was carted off the field at Dolphins practice and seemingly rushed into surgery. He had already had surgery less than 24 hours afterwards to repair a torn meniscus. He was going one-on-one on a drill with Tyree Kill. Came, came down wrong, hurt the knee. Now we know it's a torn meniscus. And this was a big signing for the Dolphins. Jalen Ramsey. Totally. Won, yeah. I mean, up, won a elite Super Bowl, level. Yeah. Won a Super Bowl coming statistically coming off his best season last year with a bad Rams team. But the Dolphins need somebody to take some of the pressure off Xavier Howard. He's getting older. They need a replacement for Byron Jones, former Cowboy, who is not officially retired, but he's not going to play football again, and he's kind of even opened up about that. So just when you thought you had a big home run there with Jalen Ramsey, the early indications are that don't expect him back before December. That Yeah, that that's a real downer for Dolphin fans. I, I, you just, you know, you... You have confidence when you see Ramsey out there in the on the field, and you know it's a balance that they have to have when it comes to training camp. Of like, you know that that sounds like a freak accident. He was trying to uh, to, to keep in. Uh, he was trying he was to going go with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, but at the same time, you know this the training camp just started. I mean, there's there's some time to kind of build up to that, and I'm not trying to you know be like, hey. Treat these guy guys with kick gloves, but man, um, like any little tweak, and guys are going down. We've had some other guys go down. Offensive linemen have gone down in this short week too, right? Yeah, one of the linemen for yeah. the Saints is out for the year. Yeah, I mean that's that's terrible. Those uh, are huge losses. Like and like I said, you're you're trying to balance it by theoretically the guys should come to training camp in shape, right? I mean, and it's just you got to figure out a way to hone your skills with like really no contact and. Certain drills that are not going to possibly make you exposed. I, I don't know. It's, well, it's a balance that all these teams have to deal with. That seems to be kind of the trend we see every year is when you get into the first bit of football moves is when these injuries pop up. Uh, Donovan Wilson, the safety for the Cowboys, he's basically at this point going to miss the entire preseason. He had an injury yesterday. Joe Burrow, of course, is the big one uh, with, with his injury. And and uh, Zach Taylor is saying a, uh, several weeks now, not even a couple several weeks on a play where, look, man, everything that you said is 100% feels a little bit like 
not kid gloves, but like just it, it feels like a little bit too much that Joe Burrow was trying to do in an early training camp. Pass play breaks down. He goes and runs like a quarterback would. Full strides, a couple in. You see him go down, and it's like you, know, you don't need to be doing that. Well, they're they're competitors, they're athletes, they are, and that's kind of the way their brain works. They they almost feel invincible. But yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm not trying to because you know you go back years ago, man. These they, teams would work the hardest right now this time of year. They would have more contact than when they ever had before. Two days. Uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, Zach Gentry's up at St. Francis. Uh, college in Latrobe, Pennsylvania right now, and he's got a roommate in a dorm room uh, with two other guys next door, and I think they're sharing one toilet. I mean, you know, they, they you know, these, these, these are hardcore situations. Well, that's man. how you mentally prepare for the season. That's not the physical side. That's the correct. mental toughness. Correct, correct. All right, who else is out, Sammy? All right, well, it's not official yet because round two of the 3M Open Championship at TPC Twin Cities is in a current weather delay, so round two is not officially over yet. But there are about 20 guys that are right on the cut line ahead of Justin Thomas. So, barring something unforeseen, it looks like another miscut for Justin Thomas. And he made a late push. He had three bur- uh, He went three under on his last five holes, but that was after a couple of double bogeys along the way. Looking like he's going to miss another cut, which would be his fifth in his last seven tournaments. Uh, yeah, uh, what's... I mean, how, how can you explain that other than that it is golf, Sam? I mean, and... But he that, looks lost out there. I mean, he's well, shaking he, drives. I, I don't know. I didn't see that. I, yeah, if he's not hitting fairways, I mean, that, then you're asking for trouble. Yeah, the two double bogeys came on uh, tee shots that went in the water. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm telling you, these, these guys coming from behind... Uh, they're chasing. They're they're chasing after all these guys, and they're getting better and better. Uh, so no, but there's no way to explain Justin Thomas, who was you know always a shoe in for the Ryder Cup teams and all that stuff, being being one of the top eight players, uh, American players. Man, I mean, like you said, he's hit the skids, and and that's uh, being played uh, this tournament. The 3M is up in Blaine, Minnesota, TPC Twin Cities. There's some good golf courses up in that neck of the woods. Hazelton, uh, Hazeltine, excuse yep. me. Uh, the uh, PGA was there in 09, and then speaking of Ryder Cup 2016, they were getting down up there. That was where Coach Richard Patino used to actually play when he was head coach at the Gophers. He uh, ended up buying, I think, a house of a former NHL guy, oh, and good for you. <laughs> must be nice. Yeah, and I think he lived really close to the. The clubhouse where they could go, but uh, I think he's played Hazel. T- I, I hear nothing but good things about the golf in Minnesota. All right, uh, who else is out, Sam? All right, uh, moving on with who is out here. A lot of rumors with the Pac-12 and who's going to go where with the Pac-12 and the Big 12. A lot of it's uns- unsubstantiated, so we're not going to go through this every time one of these rumors comes up. But I bring up this one in particular, not because of who it's from. But because of where it's coming from, as we go to the Metroplex Metro Desk out of Dallas, out of the Dallas area, this comes from Greg Miller of the Ticket in Dallas. That's the other radio station Great alongside station, what, by the oh, way. 105.3 The Fan. He he tweets earlier today. His Pac-12 source says Oregon is leaving and possibly, probably to the Big 12. Nothing confirmed yet, but Oregon, the biggest brand remaining in the Pac-12, and would be a crippling blow. 
to that conference. Okay, so we were talking about Colorado yesterday. Breaking news, Colorado's going. And in the same report that we're reading about Colorado going, uh, there was like a, a, a paragraph devoted to it. It seems like Oregon and Washington are going to the Big Ten. And it kind of seemed logical to me because, like, you know, Oregon and Washington, other than, like, the rivalries they have with Oregon State or Washington State or whatever, and then Oregon and Washington is a good little thing. But they they really love the rivalries that those two schools had with USC and UCLA, I'm telling you. Yeah. And that seemed like it made a ton of sense. Now we're hearing the Big 12 may just snatch Oregon and that would be a good get for Big 12. That would be a great get for them. I mean, right now, it seems like it's down to Oregon or Arizona. Whichever one can jump ship first, whichever one Brett Yormark can grab first. Because they're trying to get to the same number they had you know, with 14. Or- yeah, 14. OU, Texas, go. Colorado, Oregon, come in. Yeah, Colorado, Oregon, or Air- you know, Colorado's in Oregon or Arizona. But yeah, Brett McMurphy had the reporting uh, yesterday that Oregon and Washington both had meetings with the Big Ten in August, so that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, there's going to be a lot of reporting along the way that we're not going to go through all of it. Right. But, but when that comes from somebody in Texas, in Big Twelve country, that has a source, it's at least worth bringing up. It absolutely is, and stuff is going to like the dominoes are going to fall here, and like this this trigger from what we just got out of CU uh, is going to activate some stuff. Watch it. You can uh, watch watch for that to happen. What's number four, Sam? Let's get to number four. College basketball writer Eamon Brennan put out a piece. He's got his own uh, newsletter, kind of similar to uh, our friend Matt Brown, who does his uh, newsletter on the football side. This is kind of like the basketball version. guy named Eamon Brennan put out a piece detailing a key piece of upcoming college basketball season information for the first time in the Ken Palm era. Of course, talking about Ken Pomeroy and all his rankings for the first time in the Ken Palm era. More than half of the Power 5 non-conference games will be played at neutral sites meaning off-campus, and his whole point in writing this piece is that he believes that's bad for college basketball. Yeah, and what I was like, okay, you know, I kind of thought of it as, hey, if this is the only way you can get teams to play each other in this non-conference schedule, you know, so be it. I I do want to watch Kentucky and Indiana play, okay, or whatever. Um, But the way he explained it uh, is that, like, College basketball was looking for hooks in November. Uh, you know, they, they they took it to the degree of playing games on aircraft carriers. That is a, a fact, okay? Right. And that was kind of the emergence of, of these sort of things. Uh, and then now they're doing, you know, these doubleheaders every year where you've got the, the four best teams in the country, usually, or four of the best teams in the country. Right, the feeling uh, was basically that that was the only way to get these two teams together. But then we have a case this week where Kansas and North Carolina agreed to a home-and-home. Home. Yeah, and and that's what everybody wants to see. Kansas, North Carolina, home-and-home. Home. I'll be watching both of those. But the other part is that he explains that these can be more lucrative for these schools to go play on these neutral courts depending on the number of seats that surround the court. They get big dollars more than they get for tickets at the home games. They do, and you can sponsor these. And, not yeah, sponsor element. Good point. Uh, and not to mention a cable television network. That too, yeah. Uh, okay, just like exclusively doing this. So, anyway, I yeah, I, I but but I saw the, the percentage of games that are, are now being played on neutral courts in the non-conference season, and I see 2023 that um, 54% were, and... 
uh, that that's the highest percentage we've seen, you know, in quite a while. I mean, uh, it, just the show as it's done in the in the last in the last um, ten years, it's basically grown ten yeah. percent of of the game. So anyway, he's just making a point that he wants to see these non conference games be uh, on college campuses, and I love games on college campuses. I mean, it even points out, you know, you're still going to get the same effect at the T-Mobile Center, which is the host of a bunch of... No, you're not, and that's what college basketball is about, so I'll jump in the same side of that with him. All right, uh, let's um, let's talk about number three, Sammy. Three. Well, as we would imagine would be the case, the hot topic at Broncos camp today was the commentary by Sean Payton yesterday giving Nathaniel Hackett a wedgie, pulling underwear over his head and throwing him over the side of the Grand Canyon, calling him one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. Well, sure enough, Sean Payton asked about that today to explain himself. I was just wondering why why you... Yeah, listen, I had had one of those moments where I still had my Fox hat on and and not my coaching hat on, and... uh, you know, I said this to the team in the meeting yesterday. We've had a great offseason relative to that. You know, and I've been preaching that message. And here I am, the veteran, um, you know, stepping in it. And, uh, you know, it was it was a learning experience for me. It was a mistake, obviously. I needed a little bit more filter. Um, you know, there's a pound of flesh for these guys. And, and as a coach, you stick up for them. And after a while, you know, we're past that season last year. And... And, you know, I said what I said, and, and obviously I needed it a little bit more uh, restraint. So that's kind of the pivot today in the last 24 hours since then, is that he's saying that it was a way to stick up for the players by blaming the coach for why the team was so bad. <laughs> yeah, but I am going to say that he did own it more than we normally get in these cases, okay? You know, first of all, he didn't start it with if I've if I've offended anybody. You know, Nathaniel, whatever. Okay. Great, no, great point. It, it, yeah, yeah I, I think like he was very frank. He said, "Hey, we've had a really uh, good off season with none of this stuff going on, meaning distractions from people doing things that get people talking about something other than football." And then he said, "I stepped in it." You know, I mean, I I, I I'm like, all right. Sean Payton, you know, you were embarrassed. I mean, there that that's enough in this case, especially when he comes clean with it like he did. I can quickly I, I can appreciate how quickly he picked up the art of the hot take. He starts out by saying I was wearing my fox hat instead of my coach hat. I mean, he did one year as an analyst last year and already learned the art of the hot take commentary. Well, and that actually, I didn't buy that. I mean, there's been like a, a, a long period of time then since he's been on the set at Fox t- talking about like pregame uh, discussions. That like that was that was dumb. Uh, anyway, but he did say that. Yeah, he could have done without saying that and said everything else. And I, I would have given him an A plus on that, Sam. All right, what is number two? Two. One other person who may have let his emotions get the best of him is St. Louis Post-Dispatch columnist Ben Fredrickson, whose piece comes out with the headline, The Cardinals can and should shut down the Dodgers' media recruitment of Nolan Arenado. Tell me more. So, that's the headline, which remember, these guys don't write the headlines, but it's a perfect headline to match the way that he approaches this column, because that's just the beginning. It starts out by referencing a book from my childhood about the if you give a mouse a cookie, that's how he starts his column. If you give a mouse a, co- a cookie, teaches a well-known children's book, the mouse will ask for a glass of milk, then a napkin, and so on. 
apparently, if the NFL gives your football team to Los Angeles, then Los Angeles thinks it's entitled to your baseball team's future Hall of Fame third baseman, too. That's kind of a stretch, but hey, that's what these guys do for a living and keep telling me more. So he's kind of using that like, hey, hey, we gave the the city of Los Angeles our NFL team. They win a Super Bowl, by the way. And now they're they're trying to pillage us with our future Hall of Fame third baseman. Which, by the way, do you get to do that if you're St. Louis? Because you kind of did that to Colorado. Like if, if he had played for the Cardinals his entire career... I feel like you get to do that a little bit more than if you hadn't uh, taken yeah, well, it from they, Colorado. They had pillaged Paul Goldschmidt from the D-backs, yeah. and, and they pillaged Nolan Arenado from the, the Rockies. So here, yeah, I, know, I got what you're saying. I, but keep telling. So what he's 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 ticked off. He's calling this a media like, campaign. All the all these Dodger media guys are trying to like really really throw you know gas on the fire for this whole thing. But as you've said, and I, I mean, there's stuff about GMs, this, that, or the other. Arenado, on we were watching Sunday Night Baseball or whatever it was. He said like like he would waive his no trade clause to go to L.A. and play for the Dodgers. Yes. Okay. So what? I, and what I would say to that is, hey, if you're Nolan Arenado, like don't even don't say that. I mean, if you want to do it internally, maybe he did do it internally, got leaked or something like that, but. That that in itself is going to get people's attention. I mean, how many baseball teams? Thirty-two teams, and he's like, you single out one team where he's oh, oh, you know. Then the Dodgers' brains are are churning there too. But that's the response to this: is he's saying that this is all drawn up by the left coast media pushes, is, is how he phrased it. This is middle America talking about the coast. Middle America has its feeling about the coast. He's calling us the left coast media push, but that was a report of what Nolan Arenado had said. I believe it was Alden Gonzalez of ESPN that had put out that story. But anyway, St. Louis not happy that the big boys want to take one of their players. And if we're talking about something going from St. Louis to LA, I can't play this enough. I mean, I I could play it every day anyway, but now we have good reason to with St. Louis in LA. Still one of my favorite Super Bowl commercials of all time. Super Bowl 50, Broncos and Panthers. We all know how much Super Bowl commercials cost. For 30 seconds, millions of dollars. This lawyer from St. Louis didn't even advertise anything. He spent all that money to be on the Super Bowl to just talk to Stan Kroenke. I'm Terry Crouppen. You know my hometown, St. Louis. We were loyal to our football team. We bought their tickets, wore their jerseys, drank their overpriced beer. We cheered them year after losing year. And in return, they trashed us, then left us. Stan, you're worth $8 billion. That's not enough? Well, here's some free advice. Just because it's legal and you're rich enough to do it, that doesn't make it right. Yeah, you tell them. Solid. But Solid. There, there wasn't even a logo. There was no phone number, no advertisement for his law firm. The only thing that was on there was hashtag slam Stan. That was solid. Talk about a good take there, man. That was buttoned up. That guy's probably good good in court, too. All right, what's number one there, Sammy? More from the land of the Conference of Circling the Drain that used to be known as the Conference of Champions, more commonly known as the Pac-12. Ross Dellinger put out a piece yesterday in which he brings up a case of hindsight reminding us of a situation a couple of years ago when George Klyovkov first took over as the new commissioner of the Pac-12. And even then, this was the first priority because the last commissioner had botched this so poorly with media rights deals. You have a guy who came in who was the head of MGM Sports. I mean, this is what he was brought in to do. And at the time, 
Bob Bowlesby was still the commissioner of the Big 12, and Bowlesby, being the veteran in that case, kind of seeing the landscape of college sports, he reached out to George Klyovkov saying, hey, let's merge, let's have this alliance between our two conferences, we can work on media rights deals together, we can work on scheduling together, and being the young up-and-comer who wanted to make a name for himself, Klyovkov said, no. Oopsie. Oopsie is right. Oopsie is right. Yeah, because like now there's a merger, but they're not getting any in return. And that's where there's an oopsie. Yeah. And you know, another the comment about CU and the possibility of going west with Big Twelve. They talked about wanting to to be able to get into like now four different time zones because they've got, you know, West Virginia, uh, which I believe is in the East time. It is. Okay. And then uh, they also have other schools that are in Central, uh, now Mountain because of uh, Of Colorado. Colorado. And then you get Oregon, you got all four time zones. Like one time, the WAC, when, dude, you talk about super conferences. Oh, when the WAC was like USL championship? Yeah, the WAC was, I think. At least 16 teams, and I think their like slogan was 16 teams in five time zones or so, at least four time zones. Oh, yeah, I guess Hawaii would have been the extra yeah, one. Yeah, 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 but then they went as far, like, I mean, I know Tulsa was in there. I mean, uh, so anyway, it was it was, it was was spread out a little bit. Just Let's just say that, Sammy. All right. Uh, so uh, that is a great job on top five, Sam. That's tonight's Hinkle Law Offices Top 5. Hinkle Law Offices representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit HinkleLawOffices.com. All right, coming up next, Cowboy Report. A revelation from Dak Prescott. We'll tell you what he said and what we make of it next. Team Talk, Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser, ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team.